Everybody Googles everything, especially potential customers or employers, and a business or personal online reputation can make or break you. If negative search results or reviews are impacting you, Webamax is here to help. Our proven process restores your online reputation quickly and effectively, and it matters. Don't let negative results control your narrative. Visit GoWebamax.com and fill out a brief confidential form to see how we can help. Remember, if you aren't paying attention to your online reputation, someone else is. GoWebamax.com before history is written it's played before it's frozen in time it's fought one shift at a time before it's etched in silver it's carved in ice what happens next will last forever the Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snack Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to frito to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at frito Welcome to the Cannon Cast, a weekly podcast from the Cannon, an SB Nation blog about the Columbus Blue Jackets. I am Will Chase, joined tonight by Elaine. You're a special guest. This is your first time back on the podcast since you left the Cannon, so you are officially a special guest now. So how are you? I'm good. This is kind of weird. <laughs> it feels no, like old times to me. I know, but normally I help you like drop questions for the guests, and That's I know true. what's going to happen, and I have no clue. <laughs> Shout out PD for the questions because it was a very busy Monday everywhere, but he was clutch enough to uh, kind of help provide the content for Miss Elaine here. So Elaine, are you ready to get down to business? <laughs> yeah, let's do it. <laughs> All right. So Elaine, so uh, you're covering the AHL. In fact, talk about the website that you are covering the AHL for. So I am at full press coverage. These part of it is called Full Press AHL. I am just covering the Central. If I was covering the whole AHL, I think I would go crazy this year because mm-hmm. with all of the postponements and reschedules, it's been kind of tough. I thought with just covering six teams, which is the Monster, Cleveland Monsters, Rockford Ice Hogs, Chicago Wolves, Iowa Wild, Texas Stars, and Grand Rapids Griffins. Sorry. <laughs> I thought you froze for a minute. <laughs> no, I my brain froze. 
I I thought it would be super easy because they all play each other and the schedule was so perfect. Okay. Mm. It was beautiful. And then COVID people had COVID outbreaks or injuries caused them to not be able to play field a big enough roster for teams that's happened to probably three of the teams this year. So they couldn't play. And so now the games all got like postponed and rescheduled and then the schedule got so nuts. And I was like, Oh, this is real fun. Yeah. Well, that that's a, that's a perfect segue because the first question was going to ask you about that impact of COVID on the AHL season in general and, of course, the Cleveland Monsters. Yeah, so uh, it's really interesting this year. In the past, whenever teams played away, they could spend the night. They mm-hmm. would maybe go in like a day early, two days early, depending on how far away the team is. This year, there's no sleeping over, with the exception of, say, like when Cleveland goes to Texas, they're staying for, I think they have three games in four days or three games in five days, and they're staying there. Obviously, you can't just like drive to Texas, play a game, and then drive back to Cleveland. It's a um, a full day drive, essentially. But so they're waking up in the morning, having their practice. Sometimes they don't have practice on game day. And they drive to Chicago, to um, Rochester. They're playing Rochester this year. Um, They're driving to Grand Rapids. They're playing a game. They're getting back on the bus and they're coming home unless it's a back-to-back. So after talking to all of the teams, that has been probably the biggest struggle for a lot of them. Uh, The Grand Rapids Griffins started the season on the road. So by the time, (laughs) by the time, like, The first four games, they were like, oh, this is nothing. But for some teams, they started at home, had a long home stretch and had to travel. And it was just it was a lot. I think that's the one thing that was the hardest adjustment for all the teams, especially the Monsters, is being on a bus for a good chunk of your day on a game day. Um, Another thing, too, is I think the you know, in the Monsters standpoint, they haven't had to postpone too many games. But one game was I was literally getting off the highway (laughs) and I got the email that the game was postponed and it was like an hour. Like I was behind. I think it was like an hour and 20 Hmm. minutes before game fans were were there and there were a lot of upset people. But um, Adam Haluka and his brother and this other guy whose name is now escaping me, they have a podcast called Minor League Madness and Adam um, and Zach Dalpy was on. And he was talking about how he got called up just like hours before the game. And he was passing the practice facility and the game got canceled. So it wasn't mm-hmm. like, you know, people think it's bad for the fans, but imagine being a player. You right. know, your whole day is scheduled around this. Then imagine you're Rockford because they were in town yeah. when the game was canceled at the last minute. Right. Like I can't basically this year I tell everyone go with the flow. It's stressful. Everyone, everyone's dealing with something and it's, that's just the way it is this year. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. And before we kind of get into some of these other questions regarding certain players, uh, I was curious, there's no playoff scheduled for the a- AHL, right? Right, there isn't. With people, there's like this hope with certain teams in the league, and there's this hope among fans that there'll be some form of playoffs. There are teams that want to continue to play. I don't know if they want playoffs as much as they want to just keep playing for development purposes too, because a lot of these guys hadn't played in a year 
um, because they're AHL players. So they, when the season was done, they didn't have the NHL team to go to, you know? Um, So as of right now, there's no playoffs. There's definitely no Calder Cup championship. And part of that is because the border is not open yet. And, you know, teams in the, the north, like Lehigh Valley, Binghamton, those teams, they've barely been able to play all of their games because it's constant postponement after postponement. So even thinking about the playoffs, I think, is silly because no one's playing the same amount of games, not even close. Right. You know? And it's going to come down to points percentage. And then what do you do if there is an outbreak? Because there have been outbreaks on these teams. So the NHL can do the bubble if they need to for playoffs. The AHL can't. They just can't fund it. And so as much as they'd like to have fans in and get that gate money, they just know it's not safe and it's not conducive to a playoff system. So it's just kind of out the window this year. Yeah, I was looking at the standings in Cleveland. I know they had that six-game winning streak. They're still on the winning streak, right? Yeah, they so they play tomorrow. So when this drops, it's Tuesday um, tonight. So that'll be tonight. They play right. against uh, Grand Rapids, who is third. And then next this coming weekend, they play against Chicago, who's number one. And Cleveland's and, right in the middle. <laughs> yeah, and Cleveland is right in the middle. So it they had a really rough start to the season, and... I, they just exploded, and it's been really fun to watch. All of them are taking the chances that have been given to them. They're just that next man up attitude that um, that Mike Eves preaches. They're really digging into it. Yeah, you know, it, it reminds me when we were talking with Patrick Williams, who covers the AHL last season or last off season, really last yeah. summer, whatever that was, <laughs> and we were talking about the monsters. So it's cool to see them playing well, even if there's no Calder Cup playoffs. They're doing the best they can, at least, which is cool. Yeah, I want to give a huge shout out to Patrick Williams while we're at it, because that man, because everything's by Zoom now, right? Which is why I'm able to cover six teams. I'm not doing it well. I'm, I'm not going to sit here and like toot my horn because I'm not doing it well. It's an adjustment from covering right. one team to six. Um, but he, there'll be like a Saturday and he'll start in a Zoom press conference at like 5 p.m. Eastern time, maybe 7 p.m. Eastern time. And then it's like 1 a.m. and he's finishing up with another Zoom in in the Pacific. And it's just, it, it just goes all day for him. And he pumps out great content. And in a season like this, I don't know how, how anyone is able to do that. Because right. I know I can't. <laughs> yeah, that's a lot. Now, yeah. so by the time people hear this podcast, Gavin Bayreuther will have made his Blue Jackets debut. They're playing the Florida Panthers right now. Uh, of course, Monday night, but, uh, he had a point per game with the monsters this season. Can that translate at the NHL level? Do you think? I think so. So Gavin Bayreuther is, I feel in my opinion is, has the ability to be an NHL player. Um, he was in the playoffs with Texas, with Dallas last year, they brought him up black ace. I can't remember if he played or not, but just watching him play, with the right development and the right pairing, I think that he would do really well in the the NHL. I don't know if he, I don't per se think he is a number one, like in the top pairing for an NHL team, but he has a lot of things um, that he can bring to the table and he can be very offensive minded if need be. 
but he, in the beginning, he made a few mistakes. And I think uh, that's just because he was trying to get used to the team. There are so many new faces on the team to begin with. I think that's why the Monsters struggled. They didn't have a lot of returners. For example, right now, due to injuries, call-ups, um, and the taxi squad, they only have three guys from last year's roster that are able to play. So the fact that they're even doing this six-game win streak is incredible. Um, right. And Gavin Bayreuther is was part of the glue that kept them going. He and like Tyler Secura, they, you know, they're doing the right things. They have the right attitude. And I got to tell you, Gavin Bayreuther is the sweetest, kindest one of people I've ever met, at least via Zoom, you know, and that translates to how he plays on the ice. Now, one of my favorite things about him is he he'll set up these plays, but if it's a really high intense game and someone comes for him and comes for his teammates, he's unafraid to drop the gloves. And we saw that this season when he fought someone and we were so confused and like Brett Gallant sitting on the bench, he's watching the fight. He's got like this proud look on his face. (laughs) Like, Hey, (laughs) look at this kid go. And you know, when a player is willing to do something that seems out of characteristic for the sake of the team to do better or to send that message, I think, I think that's um, a very strong um, quality in a player. And I think Gavin Bayreuther will, I, I don't know how a first game is, you know, a first game can be, especially for a defender can be really shaky, you know, sure. yeah. it's, it's such a different bird than being uh, a forward where you can just free range all right. over the ice. Yeah. 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 So it, it'll be interesting to see. I, I hope he does really well because he's a good player, but also he's a good human. And you yeah. love to see a good human succeed, right? <laughs> yeah, definitely. Now, two late round draftees have signed ELC's entry-level contracts recently based on their play in Cleveland this season. That would be Tyler Angle and Carson Meyer. What would you say stood out about their games and what do you expect from them next year and beyond in their professional career? Yeah. So um, we'll start with Tyler because we know I can talk about Carson for like an hour. So (laughs) we'll start with Tyler first. Tyler knows how to get, get right in there. Like he knows how to go for the down dirty crease kind of rebounds. He knows how to get those. But also, he knows how to fly under the radar. And he kind of reminds me of Liam Foodie a little bit. Um, a little bit sneakier, though. A lot, a lot, like a little bit more silent. And he can find himself completely unalone. And guys like Wyatt Newpower will just set him up with a shot that he can just, you know, genuflect and slam it home from the point, from the top of the face-off circle from the face-off dot from the like that kid can score from literally anywhere on the ice and people won't see it coming because he is so silent not in the way um where his teammates don't know he's there you know sometimes a player is too silent and their their teammates forget about them right. uh, but he's silent in the way if he can fly under the radar of a lot of opponents where he'll be, I don't know if he's NHL ready per se. There's still a few things that need to be worked out just um, like on his forecheck. It's not super strong. Um, and as we know, a lot of the teams that the Jackets play, if the if the Jackets don't have a strong forecheck, the, you know, the, the puck's definitely not ever entering their possession. <laughs> so it, 
some of the away from the puck game as well. Um, for the most part, it's it's pretty good, but it's not super consistent. Um, but he, you know, he's young, so there's still time for that, right? You know. Yeah, exactly. Now, yeah, regarding Carson Meyer, I've heard about him quite a bit. I know you've talked about him. I think I might have done a piece on him when we were doing. I cannot remember the, the like the jackets under. Yeah, the twenty five. Yeah, you did, and I helped you. I helped you with that. With yeah. Well, and like I told people, is he had an off few years. He's still getting you know healthier, and I told everyone once he is a hundred percent, you're gonna see what he was when he was sixteen, but like a more mature and a more professional kind of player, um, because it has been so like. First of all, I'm so proud. You know, I'm taking off my beat reporter hat for a second. I am so incredibly proud of how far this kid has come, you know, having interned with the AAA and watching him play, you know, he's a sponge. He soaks it in and he's a good guy. He comes from a good family and, and he's like this Ohio boy who loves the jackets and he loves Cleveland. He loves Columbus. And it's just so nice to see him succeed because I know the hard work he put in. I, I saw it when he was 16. I saw it when he was 18. Everyone in Columbus saw it when he was with Ohio State. You know, it's so nice to see him get success from the hard work and dedication that he's put in. Now, putting the beat reporter hat back on so I don't sound like <laughs> I'm playing favorites here. Some of the play, I don't know if you've seen some of the gifs I've made of him and the goals that he's helped assist, not so much the goals that he is, he has scored, but the goals he's assisted. He has dangles for days and he knows the right time to pull them out. You know, like he's not going into traffic and going, uh, I'm going to go backhand forehand, do a little no look and then pass it off to like three guys. <laughs> he knows where everyone's at on the ice and he, he doesn't even have to look for the most part, at least, outwardly look he's probably using his peripherals um but he doesn't have to move his head or full-on move his eyes to pass a puck drop it back uh backhand it you know and uh i'm trying to remember who it was oh tyler secura the other night scored a goal off of his off of his rebound i think it was and he was just saying carson's always open he always finds a way to get open and it's so true like I don't know how he does it because teams will read him. They'll say, okay, we're going to be on him. And then he can't fire off a goal. They'll clog the lane. They'll try to poke check him. Like, and so he'll just start creating these plays and sink back. And next thing you know, he's open and he sees another open person. And that's when the magic happens. You know, it's just, it's phenomenal. And like I've said, the points don't even scratch the surface. He in the neutral zone, he's poke checking, he's he's picking pockets in um, the defensive zone. He's helping clog lanes. He's going behind the net to try and help bring the puck up. He's just an all around good player and you can slot him into a position that's needed at that time. Yeah. Hello, I'm Neelai Patel, the editor in chief of The Verge and host of Decoder business podcast where I interview CEOs about big ideas, the problems that come from those ideas, and how they make decisions. It is also surprisingly about org charts. It comes up a lot. We're launching a new limited series that we're calling the Centennial Series, where I talk to CEOs of companies that are over 100 years old. 
like Xerox, Barnes & Noble, and more. There's no 100-year-old company that's without its struggles, and it's been fascinating to talk to these CEOs about which parts of these companies' history are important and which parts they can let go. A little spoiler for you, if a company is over 100 years old, there's a lot of drama to talk about. It's been a good time. You can listen to the Centennial series right in the Decoder feed. New episodes of Decoder are out on Tuesday, and the Centennial series is out on Thursdays. Check it out. We think you're really going to like it. You can get it wherever you get your podcasts. Talking about a position that Blue Jackets need <laughs> is a center. Can Angle, is he more of a center or, or a winger in your mind? I feel like a lot, so I this is kind of like a general answer. I feel like a lot of the the players in Cleveland could be winger or center. Mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of the guys who were drafted or brought in by Chris Clark or brought in by Yarmo Kekalainen. Yeah. I feel like they picked guys who say were centers when they were younger in high school in peewee. And then because there were so many centers in pro, they, someone like slotted them into a winger role. So um, I feel like a lot of these guys, especially even Tyler angle could, could do both. You know, and I feel moving forward for the Jackets, it's good for them to see that they could have a line of C's, but each player would know how to play the wing position as well. Especially while they're trying to find that like top (laughs) center that they've been missing for years. It's interesting because we know Columbus has needed a center for a while. Sounds like there's almost a potential plethora of centers, but we'll see how they can do at the NHL level if they all make it to Columbus. Yeah, I it is interesting with uh, with the Jackets right now. I think there's a lot of potential at the C role. I saw like Jack Rosovic is first line C tonight, right? Yes, Roslovic is the center be- between Bjorkstrand and Atkinson. Yeah. Okay, so I think tonight will be. By the time this airs, we'll have a better (laughs) idea of how the game went. But I feel like this is his time to shine, per se. So that should should be interesting to see because if he shines tonight, it proves that they have their one C and that Hmm. that's who they should be going with in the future and just try to make him better. You know, sometimes you have it in the, I think the biggest problem with the Jackets is for, for a long time, they were trying to trade for that center. They were trying to trade for them. They were trying to get, you know, Alexander Wenberg to do different things than he was used to. And I think now they recognize that they have a lot of talent in the young, like in the younger area who they can mold into the exact center that they need but the thing is is they have to let them focus on being a forward they have to stop trying to make them be so defensive minded (laughs) now it's good to play both sides of the puck anti-torts well and i feel like i think torts is a good coach you and i talk Uh, yeah i I agree yeah yeah Yeah. and i just think that i i put this thing out on twitter about you know puzzle pieces in the picture and and i just don't think Torts knows how to create a picture with the pieces that have been given to him. And that's, that's perfectly fine. Not every coach can deal with every style of player. You know, he's great with those every man players, those two way, two way, everything's, you know, like he, 
he loves those players and he thrives with those players. That's kind of what Tampa was when they won. And that's what they had so much of in New York when he was there. And we had that as well. Like the Jackets had that as well. So it, um, it's just tough because I would love to see him have success here. You know, I'd love to see him win a, a cup in Columbus. Yeah. I would love Ohio to have another champion in the hockey area. It, it could still maybe happen this year, right? They're not they're not eliminated because only, uh, only the Sabres are officially mathematically all, all eliminated. Columbus has, <laughs> all Columbus has to do is probably win out and hope mm-hmm. that a lot of things go their way. So go, going back real fast, you said if Ross, if Ross Levick plays well tonight, that's he's their first line center of the future. You said, I think he could be, I think they could move him. I, I think it would give him even more confidence to really control the game to, to run that first line as well. You know, and, and that's the thing, they don't have like a superstar center right now. That or right. at least that's or at least that's acting like a superstar center. And like what a great story would that be? Like this kid grew up watching Rick Nash and now he is the number one C. Like just I I think he can do it. I just I think some things have to be tweaked in how maybe coaching is, but he's taken to torts. He's taken to torts really well. He's taken everything that torts has said to heart. And, you know, I, I'm not going to lie. I would be like, why is he benching him? Why isn't he playing him? And, and then he comes back and he's that much stronger because he's taken everything that torts has said to heart and applied it to his game. And so if torts is going to stay around, they need players like that. Hmm. Going back to Cleveland, which players would you say on the Monsters have surprised you this season? Every single one. Huh. I mean, I know that's. I had no idea what to expect from this team. Um, yeah. Like I said, they didn't have a lot of people from last year returning. And then as the season went on, they kept, they kept losing players, either from injury or being called up. And, you know, Daniel Tarasov he didn't play so well overseas this year. I mean, not with the way that we were, you know, he was kind of marketed to us, you know, Mm -hmm. and he, his first game in with Cleveland, I was so shocked. He's so good. I mean, sounds good. Yeah. Like (laughs) he, he has so much confidence. He can roam at the right time. Uh, he knows when it's okay to leave the net and when it's not. He has a really quick hand action and stick action. I just, you know, Columbus is super lucky to have this many goaltenders in their system that I don't think anyone should be scared or worried if they were to trade Elvis or lose Corpusalo in, in the expansion. Yeah, I mean, I'm not advocating trading either one over oh, the no, other. Me but no, I know, I know you're not. I'm just saying that whatever gets you the best value back, you have to consider, regardless of who it is. I think. Right, and and typically, like in years past, when they didn't have this deeper pool, it would be concerning. But for, I mean, how many years have they had this deep pool? Think about oh, it. Like, yeah, yeah. I want to say ever since I started covering the Monsters, which was the year after the Calder Cup, they just had this deep pool of goaltenders. They've never really had to worry in the past yeah. like five years. Yeah, Corpy. We've seen Corpy grow up and, of course, now Elvis and yeah. you said Tarasov and guys in the minors. So 
Which player or players have been the MVP of the season? Oh, gosh. Okay, Tyler Secura. Six-game point streak, six-game goal streak. And it's all during this six-game win streak. Like, this... This guy, he had he struggled a bit in the beginning. Um, like I said, it's with Gavin Bayruther. I think it's because there's just so many new people trying to get to know the system. But he is just a really solid player, and I wasn't sure how he would play without his brother Dylan, who is um, yeah, right, yeah, because they played together last season, and they were so good. <laughs> And, you know, sometimes you just play really well with your brother and then you get separated and you don't play as well. But that's not the case. Uh, Tyler really, he's been lighting it up. um, But as like a complete team player, he, you know, he's not just scoring the goals. He's setting them up. He's not just setting up goals. He's he's preventing goals from happening on the other end of the ice. You know, he he knows if it. Oh, this is what's great. I asked him about this on Saturday. So Rochester was reading the first line of Adam Haluka, Carson Meyer, and Tyler Secura, like like a children's book. Like they were just, they, they played each other for the third time in like a week, I think it was. And it just, they were just reading them. And they changed their game up on the fly, like maybe halfway through the second. And they went to a, like a B game, you know? And how many times do you see a team struggle with that? And Tyler Secura took that challenge. Carson Meyer took that challenge. Adam Haluka took that challenge. And they were like, not today. <laughs> we, <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're going to get this over on you. We're going to get around you. And I, I think that's what's so phenomenal about the Monsters this year. But especially guys like Tyler Secura. They're brand new. No one knows what to expect. And... He said he feels that the reason why he's playing so well is because the the monsters gave him the tools to succeed. They put him in the right situations. They knew how he was as a player and they embraced who he was as a player and allowed him to like just basically run free and be who he is. And I think Tyler Secura is definitely one of the MVPs. The other one is Brad Tyson. Okay. <laughs> this, this man did not think he was playing this season. He thought he was just going to coach. That was it. Opening night, he's playing. And they even announced it. They were like, and your starting goaltender, Brad Tyson. And then they go, Mike, head coach, Mike Eaves, assistant coach, Trent Vogelhuber, assistant coach, uh, Steve McCarthy, goaltender coach Brad Tyson. <laughs> it was, it was just so funny. But it's an interesting dynamic for sure. It is, and he takes it with such grace and positivity. And he was their starting goaltender for much of the season until Tarasov came back and Kev Lennox was better. It, and he did it so well, you know. And he helped keep the team going because he's so good at communicating as, as a, as a goalie, he doesn't just communicate with defenders. You know, goalies kind of just communicate with defenders a lot. Like you should be here. You should be there. But Brad's looking at it and he is looking at the forwards and going, you know, that play in the neutral zone. Like if you go this way, cut across, like you can see him kind of moving his hands sometimes when he was playing speaking to them, telling them what the defenders are trying to do from the other team are trying to do and what the 
the forwards from the other team are trying to do. And he's getting the whole team involved. So he sees the game big picture. And um, that was super helpful to them in the beginning when they had so many new guys who were, who were learning the system. So he's also, in my mind, the MVP. The final question that I was thinking of was, are you surprised by any of the young Blue Jackets this season? I just mentioned a few names. Or I wrote down a few names, but not limited to Liam Foodie, Alex Texier, Emil Bemstrom, guys that maybe you thought more would have happened, or is it just, or is it just the fact that forget the weird season? I mean, it could be the fact that they're on the taxi squad, the torts utilization of these guys. I mean, what do you make of? everything (laughs) yeah so i wish that they could have i wish that alexander texier was with the monsters this year he has definitely struggled and sometimes the team his line mates or the defensive pairing that's on the ice with him looks like they're bailing it looks like they're making the mistake because they're trying to bail him out Mm mm-hmm he he used to be really good at those battles on the board and laying those hits. And he used to zip around the ice, you know, with freedom, it felt like. And I just haven't seen that out of him this season. Now, granted, um, because I'm covering six teams, I'm watching all of those games, but that that's seven parent clubs. So I'm trying to follow along with seven parent clubs as well. So I... Um, I'm not as into the jackets as I typically am, you know, as like analyzing the game. So he could have been having games where he did well, but from what I have seen, just these minor things that he, he maybe either needs that confidence back or he needs to go through a little bit more development. Um, Cause it's there, you know, the basics are there. He just has to keep building upon it. Bemstrom. I don't know what, what to do with him because he does have these moments of like glory per se, like a Benstrom bomb. (laughs) And I don't, um, I don't really know if maybe he needs more time in Cleveland. Maybe he needs to be down in Cleveland for like half a season to just work on stuff. I'm not really, I'm not really sure. Well, Elaine, it's been great to reconnect, and I think we need to do like a Monsters thing at least once a month just to kind of keep up getting the update. I'll have to talk with the bosses and see what they think, but <laughs> I think that we need, we do need to have the Monsters coverage at least once a month. It was good to connect and to kind of talk about something different, honestly. It was kind of refreshing not to talk about the Blue Jackets. We covered so much of the... I mean, at this point, it is what it is. We know what the direction is for this season. Salvaging... You know what, though? When, it, when you say salvaging, that's, that, it sounds like you're trying to win... I mean, obviously, they are trying to win games. And I want them to win games, even though technically, whatever, however the season plays out, if you get more draft opportunity, you know, that could be good, too. Yeah, so here's one thing I kind of want to like, two things I want to leave people with is one, too many people look at this year as like, this has to be a Stanley Cup year. Every team is doing this, okay? I I see it with the fans across the league. And they're so frustrated that their teams aren't doing well. And they're so angry. And I'm like, this is when, you know, we did the, was that the 50th show with Ryan? And he was like, I'm just hundredth, hundredth. Uh, the hundredth, that's right. Ooh, wow. 
the, the Hunter show with Ryan and he said he was just going to enjoy it as a fan. Right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I urge everyone to just enjoy the rest of the season. Just enjoy it because this is the weirdest year ever. And I'm saying this from the NHL and the AHL, just enjoy it because this year is so weird and it's so unique. And there are so many storylines that are coming through, especially on the jackets end. I mean, in what year would you have had all like three AAA Blue Jackets alums playing on the ice at the same year? And in what year would you have Josh Dunn coming up? You know what I mean? Like that, that this is a big year for some of these people. And so while people, I know they're upset with how things are turning out with torts, with the team, with, you know, trading away your captain, that's super tough. You know, this happens a lot to this team that the captain gets traded in off season or mid season, but there's so many other good things to focus on. And for the future, the monsters are a good indicator of what's to come. And if they can keep getting pieces to put in Cleveland, if they can keep molding players, I think, you know, it it might be rough for next year, depending on how the expansion goes, depending how the draft goes, depending how everyone adjusts to playing with a regular season, if there is a regular season next year. But the future is very bright. And um, there's a lot to look forward to. The, there's a lot of AHL only players down in Cleveland, but they all have the potential and ability to be flipped into a two-way contract that could help out. So I just urge everyone to enjoy the rest of the season because you're not going to have a season like this again. And you don't want to look back and go, oh, wow, I didn't truly enjoy some of the, the little moments that we will never probably experience again. Yeah, I uh, now that the uh, I mean, honestly, the the trade deadline I think was good for Columbus. Now they're past it; they got some good capital back, and yeah, we'll just kind of see how it all shakes out from here on out. Yeah. Well, thanks for coming on, Elaine. Thanks for having me. I didn't actually have a game tonight, so (laughs) yeah, it worked out perfectly. It did. But uh, yeah, thanks for coming on. We will see you all next week. Be sure to check us out at jacketscannon.com, at cbjcannon on Twitter and Facebook. And we'll see what Columbus does as we'll see how this game tonight played out when everybody's listening today, which is, of course, Tuesday. But anyway, we'll catch you all next time. Bye. Subscribe to the Canon Cast on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts so you can catch every episode. Leave us a review and a rating, and as always, we welcome your thoughts and feedback. Go to jacketscanon.com for more Blue Jackets coverage from us, and follow us on Twitter at cbjcanon. Our theme music is the song Green Eyes by Angela Pearlie and the Howling Moons. Check out angelapearlie.com for more music and show dates.